Welcome to Pixel Tunes Radio, a podcast where we have fun talking about video games and video game music. I'm Mike. And I'm Ed. And this is episode 95 Remix. The video game remix. We are going to be playing some awesome video game remixes from video game music bands, video game music remixers, techno, funk, all sorts of crazy stuff. Absolutely. We, uh, we're we breaking form a little bit, I guess, this episode. You know, it's 95 episodes. It's about time we play something that isn't directly yeah. from video games, which we, <laughs> you know, try to do every episode. But mm-hmm. I felt like, you know, Mike and I both have huge collections of video game remixes and covers Very true. sitting on our hard drives going back decades as far as my computer goes mm-hmm. so you know it's a lot of stuff out there i think uh maybe people who aren't as into vgm maybe haven't heard you know, these are stuff that i was really interested in kind of sharing out because they've meant a lot to me and how i kind of view video game music and so you know i assume it's very very similar for you yeah i don't know it's weird with video game music remixes because I kind of stopped downloading like a lot of video game remixes. I used to go on OC Remix like all the time. Mm. Uh, OC Remix, VG Mix, all those websites. And I would just, cause I mean, at that point in time, YouTube didn't exist. This is back in right. when I was in college, right. like early 2000s. I think the, the content back there was so minimal that it was kind of manageable right. you know you were able to oh hey a couple new songs came out today but then like everybody started remixing and it, right. it became T- too big too big yeah overwhelming nope there I agree. are so many cool video game music remix tracks out there and so many awesome bands that i couldn't keep up tour and yeah. go to conventions and so we'll be talking a lot about some of our favorite remixers and some of our favorite video game cover bands and uh, we'll provide links in our show notes so if you guys appreciate or enjoy any of the songs that we play today you can absolutely go out and check out you know more of what these remixers and cover artists have done yeah it's really funny ever since we started the show i really don't listen to video game remixes like <laughs> hardly ever i'm not i'm not uh, i'm kind of the same i've been yeah. focusing mainly on on original pure original vgm right. yeah right right but you know there's always room for for kind of going outside that every once in a while so that's why we're doing this. sometimes you feel like having a, a chicken sandwich you know you're tired of hamburgers you right know? You're tired of that. Right. You just want a chicken sandwich, and now I'm really hungry. And then you go back to those burgers for another right. five years. Right, five years. Or you want another chicken sandwich again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So we got a little bit of top of the show business to get to. First off, uh, I do want to give a heartfelt thanks to everyone who has given me their well wishes. Um, some of you may or may not know, I just lost my father recently. Uh, as of this recording, it's actually only only two days ago. It's Sunday. He passed away on Friday. Uh, just the outpouring of love on Facebook has been incredible, and I, I really, really appreciate it. I appreciate everyone who chipped in for, for flowers, for his services, and uh, you guys are the best. So I just wanted to express that uh, on the podcast, and uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, definitely, man. Tough, tough time for my family, but we're getting through it, and... Uh, I'm kind of using this podcast to help keep myself occupied yes. throughout the week, keep my mind off of off of the dark stuff and getting into the light stuff. So, speaking of that, we have some pixel chat questions. What's yes. our What's our first question today? So, our first question comes to us from Mr. Daniel Lawton, and he asks, "If you could be director on any game sequel, what would it be and why?" Mm, this is a good question. That's a really good question. Yeah. In my mind, I'm just kind of thinking about it. I'm like, what game do I want to see a sequel to that really hasn't seen a sequel? I don't know. I would almost say, you know, you can look at it in terms of maybe 
a game series that's gone in a direction that you're not a fan Happy of with. being the director, sure. you could you could yeah. send it in your direction. That's true. I don't know. I I'm torn. So Mike, I'll be Castlevania because yeah, yeah. I hate Lords of Shadow. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I was gonna say Castlevania, but I'm kind of fine where things are with Castlevania in the sense that. You know, Bloodstained is is on its way. True. We've still got that potential for a Castlevania-ish type of game. Yeah. We may never, ever see the Belmonts rise up again, but I feel like the book is closed. You know, the chapter is done. Yeah. And what we have is some fantastic Castlevania games, aside from Lords of Shadow. <laughs> but I'm going to say you know, Mega Man, actually, okay. because I've been doing the streams of the Mega Man games on mm. my YouTube channel. And one of the episodes, I think it was maybe Mega Man 5 when we were streaming that, we started talking about like all the different names for bosses and stuff and like right. conceptualizing all these different bosses. And we came up with some really, really fun, awesome bosses. I think my favorite was Dunk Man. <laughs> and it was like like a basketball themed, mm -hmm. like, oh, that was oh, that, that would was be great. cool. Yeah, that yeah. would be really cool. So yeah, stuff like like I just have so many ideas, and I know how Mega Man works. Like, I know the feel and the look and everything. So, I'm going to say Mega Man. Awesome. Like, classic Mega Man series. I want to Mega Man. I want to produce and direct Mega Man 11 through 1 million. That's right. Wow, that's yeah, a lot of Mega 1 Man. 1 million. Yeah. <laughs> you think it wouldn't get stale by then? Nah, nah, nah. We'd start having, Jump like, and shoot. Lettuce Man. <laughs> and, like, just... <laughs> Charcoal We're man. Completely out of ideas. Speck of dust man. Other speck of dust man. Batman. <laughs> just DC combined. Yeah, so it'll just be a baseball bat. Yeah, yeah. Just to get around the copyright. Yes. Uh, for me, I would like to bring back and direct a sequel to the Driver series. Okay. Uh, those games just don't get the love they deserve. And the last Driver, while it was really good, had so much potential. You know, it had a full city but you couldn't get out of your car. You could like jump back and forth in between cars, like inhabit the bodies of the people driving the car. It was, it kind of like jumped the shark in that respect because- Like Geist? Spoilers. The concept is that the protagonist in the Driver series, Tanner, got knocked unconscious by one of his like, you know- Tanner. His name is Tanner. <laughs> Why is that funny? Oh, uh, I'm just thinking of this- Danny Tanner from Full House? No, I was thinking of this skit from this comedian whose name escapes me right now, but he's really funny. It's a long story, but basically the long short of it is there's these super, super rich white kids and they all have their names like Tanner, Connor, Skylar, oh, okay, like okay. that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, everything so, has an ER. Yeah, that's yeah, funny. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, the, 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 the game kind of, it takes place, he's in a coma, so the game takes place in his mind. So it starts off kind of normally, except that then he realizes that he has the ability to, to jump into other cars to like, so he can coordinate like car chases. So he can like, you know, be chasing somebody in a police car, but then jump to a fire truck that's like down the street and block the road off. Like physically and jump or like mentally like Like diced. Yeah, like you press the triangle button and you see like an overhead map. And okay. then you can go around the overhead map, highlight a car, press the triangle button again, and then you're driving that huh. car. Okay. Uh, it's a it's a cool concept. Yeah. But from the story perspective, it got kind of and and then like as he got deeper into the coma, like the game would become more surreal. Like okay. it wasn't really like what Driver was supposed to be. <laughs> so like I would sci-fi Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, or like <laughs> psychological thriller Grand Theft Auto or something. So I I feel like I would like to bring Driver back 
find a way to kind of differentiate it from a lot of the open world games like Grand Theft Auto and, and Saints Row. Maybe focus a little bit more on the driving and the cars and less on the walking around and shooty, action-y stuff, mm. but kind of bring that world to a little more life. Uh, and I think that would be a really cool concept for to kind of reinvigorate that that series, which I've loved since the first one came out. Cool. So, uh, yeah, cool. Thank you for that question, Daniel. And let's move on to our next one. This one is from J.R. Smith, and he writes, First of all, love the show. That's and, his question. And we love you. <laughs> and now the question. I have five kids. Wow. Um, <laughs> they listen to music as they go to sleep. The oldest, Keelik, has gotten bored of the CDs we have. Uh Named as Kid Keelik. Keelik, like, He's the uh, man. Soul like Caliber. Soul Caliber, yeah, right, right. my favorite Soul Caliber character. Nice. Can you please provide me with a song list or at least a few selections of VGM to go to sleep by? Ooh. I'd say almost any. You know what's a really good compilation is the Final Fantasy V and VI disc compilation that came out with Final Fantasy Anthologies, I think it was. Whatever the one that was V and VI. Mm-hmm. That has a lot of really awesome music there's not a lot of like super crazy fast music but it's all fairly quiet and i used to fall asleep to that pretty regularly so i would suggest that that's a really if you can get the track listing for that uh, that's a really good listing of, of tracks that are just very easy going very quiet but also you know just relaxing so cool but i could pretty much fall asleep to anything even buzz saws no like i i've fallen asleep to like opeth Wow. Yeah. Okay. Like, sweet dreams. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, So I would recommend Secret of Mana on the Super Nintendo. Okay. Some great kind of acoustic and nice little fluty tracks that are great for sleeping too. There's a lot of the Mother Three soundtrack, like a lot of the uh, songs where you're heading through uh, caves, or if it's nighttime, there's some that's like ambient noise mixed with some very lighthearted music, which is very sleepy sounding. Some of the Metroid stuff is really good to fall yeah. asleep to. Nights, in, Nights into Dreams has yeah. some good stuff uh, to fall asleep to. Yeah, yeah. And Emily from the VGM Jukebox actually has YouTube videos. She makes her own music boxes, and she does video game music tracks played on music box that's cool which is very cool so i want to check that out too those are um you can make you know mp3s using one of the the online services and then play those those are great to fall asleep to as Hmm. well that's cool you were going to say something i interrupted you no i was just going to say metroid uh some of the non-chiptune metroid music some of the stuff from metroid prime some of it is really bombastic so i wouldn't recommend some of it but uh you know if you kind of scour like metroid prime one through three uh other m yeah like, mi- mixed in with kenji yamamoto's crazy like techno industrial stuff right. there's a lot of kind of ambient and, yeah. and uh very uh sleepy sounding stuff Bendrana drifts that's a, oh that's yeah a, we played definitely. that on the show yep yep excellent very good very good excellent question all right so the track that brought us in was Mega Man 2 quick man's theme and it's remixed by project x Originally composed by Tatishi Tataishi. Yes, Project X is like this defunct outfit. Uh, just, just two guys. I don't know their names. They never told anybody their names. But they, it was one of the first remix projects that I'd ever come across. Mm. I think the original tracks came out in 2002, and then they remastered them in 2012. They did one Mega Man 2 album and one Mega Man 3 album, and a lot of them are just, they're like rock with a little bit of electronics mixed Mm -hmm. in, but then like in that album is standing out as this Quick Man track, which is this like gorgeous acoustic 
very kind of sleepy, you know? This might even be yeah. good for, for J.R. Smith, uh, for go. his kids to fall asleep to. <laughs> but I always really love just how true they stayed to the melody of the mm -hmm. Quick Man song, but made it sound completely different. What what were your thoughts on this one? Uh, this one was good. I like, it's got kind of a like Spanish acoustic guitar yeah, kind of vibe like to it. Yeah, a like a flamenco kind of guitar right. style. Yeah, yeah. No, and, I, was, uh, I was digging it. I would say that a lot of the tracks that we're going to be listening to this episode stay fairly close to home yeah uh, for those for are my favorite original. kind of remixes i don't like yeah. it when they stray too far from the source material it's interesting because most of the tracks that i picked are improved versions of the already existing tracks in my head so when i play <laughs> the games like for example um we're gonna play a track from a game that when i listen to those songs in the game i'm in my head kind of like thinking that the song that's going to play is the remixed version. That's funny. Like, it just kind of screws me up mentally. Yeah, you're, so. Well, you're more used to the remixed version. Right, so. exactly, very, exactly. Very, interesting. Yeah, uh, so. Most of the tracks that we're going to play today are from games and songs that you probably already know pretty well. It's pretty common Composers stuff. that we've already featured. Yep. So we're going to focus mainly on, you know, the, the music itself and the remixers, and uh, let's get into it. All right, so our first track, this is my pick, it's Super Mario Brothers 2. This is Super Buck Jazz, and it's covered by Estratosphere, which I'm wondering if they named after Eric Estrada. <laughs> I really hope so, because there needs to be something that exists called the uh, Estratosphere. That's funny. This is on their album Buck Fever, and the track is originally composed by Koji Kondo. Let's hit it.
Alright, welcome back. That little ditty was from Super Mario Bros. 2. The track is called Super Buck Jazz, and it's covered by Estratosphere on their album Buck Fever. Uh, this track was originally composed by Koji Kondo. It's the overworld theme from Mario 2. It's fantastic. I feel like this is what Koji Kondo had in his head when mm-hmm. he was composing the music, and obviously, you know, you can't get that kind of a sound on a on an NES. So I feel like this is that that music just brought to life. It's so true to form. Oh yeah, I love that bass solo. The upright bass. Oh, it's oh, fantastic. So good. And then over in the left channel, you kind of get the little hints of the melody just being played on a piano, mm-hmm. just to kind of keep everything kind of flowing along. Yeah. But uh, I felt like you know this this could be an authentic tune. You could walk into a a, a speakeasy, you know, in the 30s or 40s, yep. and, and and hear this playing, and it would not sound out of place at all. Yeah, they did a great job with this track. I've been listening to this one for years, and it's it's always on my must play list as far as like VGM remixes go. Yeah, it's great stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. So, so how did you come across this one? This was OC Remix. Oh, okay. Um, which I, you pointed out the other day. Oh, I used to call it OCR Remix, <laughs> which is <laughs> Overclocked Remix Remix. <laughs> remix Remix. So Estratosphere, they're an experimental band. They, I guess, formed from what they say is a bunch of different bizarre genres that they, they claim that they've created called uh, Bulgarian Surf. Romanian Gypsy Metal and Spaghetti Eastern, uh, and also Psychedelic Sci-Fi, Gypsy Metal Jazz, and Epic Cinemathon, and that's according to their MySpace page. So they, they like they like genre bending and blending yeah, and stuff like that. Definitely, that's definitely. Cool. This one had a very kind of set, you know, swing yes, jazz genre. Definitely. But uh, I, I'd like to hear some of their other stuff that kind of like goes outside of the realm of this. Yeah, I mean, they started in the 90s, like the late 90s, and their last incarnation was based out of the Seattle area. They had six different instrumentalists that all did multiple different types of instruments and, uh, you know, all different types of musical backgrounds, classical music, jazz, heavy metal, which jazz is obviously in the forefront here in classical music as well. They were touring with some actually, you know, more, you know, popular artists like Amanda Palmer of the Dresden Dolls. They were also helping her produce uh, a solo album that she put out called Who Killed Amanda Palmer. Oh, cool. The band is broken up or on a permanent hiatus as of 2010. But yeah, they, they have a lot of different influences. They've been compared to Mr. Bungle, uh, Frank Zappa, and John Zorn. Do they have any other remixes on uh, Overclocked? I believe they might. I believe that they have on that album maybe one or two other tracks that are remixes, but I, don't quote me on that because I haven't listened to the full album. Cool, cool. Yeah. So so they, they don't do just video game music. Right. They do all sorts of All different stuff. types of music, yeah. Really awesome. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll have to check them out. Very cool. Cool. What do you got for us? Next up is a track called Hidden Around, and this is covered by Eric WK on his album Alberto Effing Gonzalez (laughs) from Smurf's Nightmare, originally composed, of course, by Alberto Jose Gonzalez.
right, that was Hidden Around from Smurf's Nightmare, covered by Eric W.K. on his remix album Alberto Effing Gonzalez, obviously composed by Alberto Jose Gonzalez. Uh, this is a Game yes. Boy track, so it's updated for, you know, real instruments. Again, it stays very, very true to the melody. I like how the instruments are all very upfront. You know, it sounds like what a Game Boy arrangement would be, because everything is like the same volume in this mm. track, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, this definitely has like a, I know the game's called Smurf's Nightmare. I, I've only played it maybe like once, Yeah. but it has a Halloween vibe to it, this track. This track, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a little kind of a sneaky style yeah. song to begin with. But which is funny because he also does on this album Baby Felix Halloween. He does a couple tracks nice. off of that. So I've been trying to find that game ever since we played it. Impossible to find. Really? Yeah, I can't find it. I think I may have found it on Amazon and it was only like 10 bucks at the time. Hmm. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll go for it. You know, it yeah. sounds like, you know. Did it come out over here? I don't uh, even remember. It did not. Okay. It was so Europe only, I think. Yeah, but yeah. being Game Boy, it's multi-region. Right. So I remember that there's a group on Facebook that kind of deals with, you know, chip tuners and video game music fans. And uh, so Eric WK released this album and he posted it on Facebook. And it was just kind of out of the blue. He never told anybody he was working on it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, suddenly everybody was like, oh my God, this is amazing. You know, it's just this 13 track epic of, of just awesome arranged and remixed Alberto Gonzalez songs. And Alberto Gonzalez himself was a member of the group, so he chimed in and he's like, dude, this is absolutely amazing. Like, you know, thank you so much for, That's for cool. giving all this music attention. So that was, that was really cool. Mm. Uh, a little bit about Eric WK, his real name, is uh, Eric Beckman. He's from La Jolla, California. He's a bassist, guitarist, and drummer in a pop punk band. Uh, he's also in a ska band, and then he's also in a few video game cover music bands. He's in Kirby's Dream Band, where he plays the drums, uh, Monstro Town, where he plays guitar and drums, Prime Legion, where he's the drummer, and Vic Viper, also the drummer. But he plays on this particular album, he did the drums, guitar, bass, synths, the arrangement, the mixing, and the mastering. So, you know, from fingers to the CD, it's like it's all his work that you're hearing. Hmm. He's got a band camp that you can check out. He's got a couple other tracks on there as well. He says on his band camp that if he were to be asked who he believes the greatest video game composers of all time would be, Alberto Gonzalez would be one of the first names he would say. And he feels like a lot of people, when you say Alberto Gonzalez, they say, who? And so he wanted right. to kind of prove to his friends and huh. to other listeners that his music is absolutely incredible and that you know that he could get his his name out there and hopefully get some more recognition for a lot of his music. This album was released in January of 2015. It's still up on Bandcamp. You can go download it. Uh, it's a free download. You don't have to pay anything for it at all. It's 13 tracks of amazing, amazing music. So go Very check cool. it out. Nice. Good stuff. Yeah. So... What do we got next? It's uh, my turn. So we're going to go with Guilty Gear X2. The track is Momentary Life, Biken's Theme, and it is covered by SSH, originally composed by Daisuke Ishiwatari.
Alright, welcome back. Hope your necks are okay from that one. Guilty Gear X2, Momentary Life Bikens theme. And that was covered by SSH, originally composed by Daisuke Ishiwatari. This one takes you on a trip. Yeah. Out to space. <laughs> and then kind of shakes you around a bit and drops you back off on Earth. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. <laughs> um, this is one of the first tracks by SSH that I ever heard. Hmm. Uh, for those who don't know who he is, SSH is also known as Saitama Saishu Haiki. He's a Japanese musician and he I guess is kind of like a master of all trades. Um, he mostly does like video game music as far as remixes and covers. Some of his more popular ones are like Thunder Force, Tales of Fantasia, Super Robot Wars, some of the Megami Tensei games, Ragnarok Online, and uh, Unreal Tournament. He's also considered a Dojin artist. I guess he also draws. I don't know. I don't really. No, know no, no. Dojin can be anything. So Dojin just means that it's a fan game. So you can be a uh, you can be a composer for a Dojin game. Okay. A Dojin game just means it's a game that exists in a an IP's world, but okay. isn't necessarily authorized by that. I thought that was weird because I've always affiliated the word uh, Dojin to uh, like manga. Oh, okay, so, yeah, like that, that, those are just fan comics, yeah. Gotcha. So that's, that's where the concept comes that from. That makes sense. Now okay. our audience knows. Yay! So, yeah, he did soundtracks to, actually, on real games, like Lost Child 69-2. He also made uh, official arrangements for the Atelier series, which is wow. really cool. So, typically uses, like, guitar, like, synth guitar, mm. uh, symphonic elements are kind of scattered throughout. One of his main inspirations is my favorite band of all time, Iron Maiden. And if you listen to his medley of the Castlevania songs that he did, I believe it's called Akamaja Dracula The Quest. And that features at around the five minute mark, it jumps into Iron Maiden's The Trooper. In another cover song uh, for Ease 4, The Dawn of Ease, he rearranges the song with Iron Maiden's The Evil That Men Do. So It's pretty cool. Yeah, right up my alley. So. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, no, I love the track. It gives a great energy. This is one of the tracks that I had mentioned earlier that um, it, when I play Guilty Gear X2 or when I play any Guilty Gear game where I can play Momentary Life like through choosing the tracks, like in the newest version of Guilty Gear Rev 2, you can sort of like purchase with in-game money like old tracks from Guilty Gear X2. Okay. And then you can like change the tracks around to fit, you know, what you want to listen to. So when I do change to uh, Biken's theme, which Biken's probably my favorite character in the series, when you're playing this area, you hear the theme, and this version of the theme, the octaves are just so much higher. Yeah. And, and so much, cr there's just so much craziness going on. Yeah, it was really hard. I mean, I originally thought that as actual guitar lead, mm -hmm. and it was—it's funny because a lot of the solos start off you're like, "Oh yeah, real guitar," and then as it ends, there are some staccato notes like towards the end of the solos, mm -hmm. and you're like, "Wait a second, that sounds like keyboard," and then right. I'm like, no, wait, that's guitar. Yeah, yeah. No, wait, that's keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> Go back and forth. It's probably just synth guitar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's what it is. But the tone is is really kind of like crisp and crunchy and mm -hmm. very overdriven. Yeah. Uh, it, it's kind of a tone that you don't really get with a guitar so much, right, so right. that's why I was kind of like starting to think that it was synth. Uh, I love like the shamisen going along with the rhythm guitar. Like yes. I love that sound from like Bushido Blade so Two. Good. Yep, that brought me back to like Ryuji Sasai's compositions from from Bushido Blade Two. Mm -hmm. Just a very good track. I, I remember the original track, and I I do absolutely prefer this one. It just has so much more energy. Mm -hmm. It feels. It's like faster. a fighting game track, yeah. you know, yeah. which is really awesome stuff. Yeah, it's, it's it sucks, because nothing to take away from uh, Daisuke Ishiwatari 
his track is great. Yeah. Like, you know, all the music that he did for Guilty Ear is great, but when you hear it through the SSH filter, you're just like, oh, I like want that to be the music, <laughs> but I think it's good stuff. We'll have to see if somebody can hack the game and put in a yes. custom soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you got for us? Next up is, uh, oh, one of everybody's favorite locations and one of everybody's favorite video games. This one is called Killer Seaweed from the original TMNT game on the NES. This one's remixed by Blind, originally composed by Jun Funahashi.
And we're back, that was Killer Seaweed remixed by Blind from the original NES track off of the original TMNT game, originally composed by Jun Funahashi. How many times can I say original in a sentence? That's true. I think I just broke the record. Original. <laughs> so, I like this track. It's probably not really in your wheelhouse, I don't um, think. Not so much. I mean, I, I dug it. I thought it was actually pretty good. I like for the most part, anything by Blind. I think, yeah. I think Blind does great work. Yeah, I, I, I kind of dig the dubstepy kind of vibe that was kind of coming in. It works very well with the melody in this song. Yeah, there's a remix that uh, is another like dubstep heavy one. It's like a Lost Woods remix from Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's called like Crisly or something remixed. That one, it reminded me a lot of that. It's got those like really kind of like dubstepy moments. Very uh, textured sense. kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got some good stuff. And I, yeah. I like that... He doesn't get into the second part of the melody until like two minutes in. Right. So every time I'm hearing that first part, I'm like, all right, now I'm going to get the dun 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 mm-hmm. dun and it never, and then I'm just waiting and waiting. And finally he brings it in and it sounds really good. And then he kind of goes back away from it for mm-hmm. a while and comes back in and adds new different parts. He's got that like, that really grindy bass that comes in like around the three minute part mm-hmm. reminds me a lot of like the Danny Baranowski stuff from like right. the, the Necro Dancer. Yes. It sounds very much like him. So he kind of mixes these different elements of techno in and out with the music. Mm-hmm. And it always feels like you have that nostalgic feeling from the original Nintendo track there, so we never really strayed from it too much. Definitely reinvigorates the track mm, for sure for a, for a more modern audience. Yeah, and I think this is a true remix too. I think you actually took yeah the melody from the NES, like sampled from the NES, and then kind of just processed the sound mm-hmm. for that lead melody there. Kind of has an underwater vibe to it too. For sure. Well, yeah. I mean, it takes place underwater. In That's the game, true. So That's true. It's like a little gurgly sound. Mm -hmm. So uh, Blind's real name is Jordan Stephen Aguirre, aka Jordan Stephen when he does orchestral arrangements. He's from Las Vegas, Nevada. He's a longtime uh, OC Remix contributor. He can be found on Game Chops as well. As a matter of fact, as we were listening to the track, Mike and I, my uh, email pinged and it uh, is an email from Game Chops and it was DJ Cutman saying, hey, here's a new track from Blind. That's that's really funny. Uh, He was just featured on the new Zelda remix album they put out called Mirror Image. So he's got a house dance track covering uh, Naryu's hymn. Okay. So that's his brand new track. Just came out today. So Blind is obviously still doing remixes and stuff. But he's been around for quite a while. His band camp has a whole bunch of different albums, some VGM related, some not. He does original works too. Uh, He does stuff like like Rasta Techno, um, House, Dubstep, Breakbeat, you know, you, you you name a techno genre, and he's pretty much worked with it hmm. before. He's also on the Gun Onion label, which also features Nickelpunk, uh, which did the yes. original theme song to Dude You Haven't mm. Played This Game. Yes, my boy Nickelpunk. Which is pretty cool. I, I, um, I feel like Gun Onion, I feel like they should have went with just Gunion. Gun Onion. Gunion. They should have just merged the two. Gunion. You know, Gunion. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways... He has one game credit soundtrack to his name. He wrote the English game version soundtrack of the Lost Angelic Chronicles of Frayn, Dragon's Odyssey, which can be found on Steam and iOS. So I guess the game was developed in Japan. They had a Japanese soundtrack, and when they uh, localized it and brought it over, they asked him to write the soundtrack to the English version of the game. So Hmm. that's pretty cool. And uh, like I said, he's still he's still out there. He's uh, most of his stuff comes out on Game Chops nowadays. So if you go to the Game Chops website, which we'll we'll put a link to it in the show notes, you'll you'll find all of his game related stuff. Mm-hmm. And then if you head to his Bandcamp, you'll find his uh, orchestral and his techno and house uh, yes. original music. So definitely a remixer to check out because there's a billion tracks you'll be able to find from him. One million billion. 
One million billion trillion. trillion. Gazillion. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our Mega Man block. Uh, we're going to start off with Mega Man X4. This is the stage select theme, and it is covered by DJ MetaZero, also known as Kenneth Hogg, and it's originally composed by Toshihiko Horiyama. Mega great! Ninety-five episodes into Pixel Tunes Radio, we're certainly rounding the corner on that 100 episodes mark. And to think, when we started, we had no idea how long this would last. You said it. Remember recording in your swanky Massachusetts-based Californian-themed BGM tavern? Ha! <laughs> that was a hoot. That... that's... that's not us. Is your brain broken from headbanging again? Nah, man, go with it. It's a commercial. Oh, oh, oh. 
I was wondering when you were going to fit one into this. So what's the catch? Just play along. Oh, okay. Uh, why, yes, I do remember that. Yeah, I was just hanging out with my favorite co-host of Pixelated Jukebox Rhythm Tunes Radio. It was I, Mr. Brian James Nichols, and you, Mrs. Emily Josh Purnell. Why am I the woman in this scenario? <laughs> Ow! Hey! Stop ruining the magic, Emily. Yeesh. I think you've had one too many salmon burgers. All right, all right, take me down this weird, remixed, video game music podcast memory lane. Well, I'm like the best at getting Japanese composers to jump on our show. Plus, I listen to everything from punk to funk to polka bump. Polka bump? Yeah, man. You're not doing the polka bump yet? You ain't bad. You ain't nothing. Okay, okay, so what? I'm the geeky dancing lady who tries to keep everything in check but plays way too much Pokemon Go and is abnormally tall with a big booming voice who picks all the sultry grooves? Yeah, now you got it. Awesome! We're Pixel Rhythm Tunes Vigimated Jukebox Rhythm Radio. No, no, no. It's Pixelated Jukebox Rhythm Tunes Radio. Oh. Plus, don't forget about our wacky talking jukebox friend, Haiku. Oh, no. You mean Haju. Oh, right. Kaiju. No! Kaiju are monsters from Japanese movies like Godzilla. Dude, I think this remix has gone too far. Are you are you bleeding from the nose? Huh. Look at that. I guess I am. I think my brain fried itself from trying to keep all the names straight with this remix. You know, sometimes it's fun to mess around with someone else's material, but in this case, I think we should just get back to talking about video games and video game music. You said it. All right then, Emily. Let's get back to the show. <sighs> but first, let's get you to a VGM hospital. Stat. Welcome back. That was Mega Man X4, and that was the Stage Select theme. It was covered by DJ MetaZero, also known as Kenneth Haug. Haug? Hog? I don't know. Hog. Hog? H-A-U-G. Yeah. Hog. Originally composed by Toshihiko Horiyama. I love how he pretty much keeps this one by the books, but he adds these little flourishes that improve the track, in my opinion that make it not as repetitive, because this is a very repetitive techno track. For sure. Yeah. And that's what a lot of the commenters say on this on the, on the remix page. I don't yep. see remix as well. But yeah, he does he does keep it a little more varied, uh, so you don't get too, too bored of it. It's funny, because that that melody, or the main kind of arpeggio that... Dun, 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 it reminds dun, 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 me so right. much of Wily's Castle from Mega Man 2. Okay. It's got the same kind of melody. So I keep wanting to hear that instead of this. <laughs> so it's confusing my ears a little bit. It's like half the notes have been ripped from it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, this is really simple. And But for being released like way back in 2002, yeah. it... it it feels very contemporary for its time because back then a lot of the stuff that was coming out on OC Remix, you know, people weren't, people were just kind of getting into this stuff. And sure. a lot of these amateur composers didn't have all of that super awesome equipment and the VSTs and Cubase and stuff that everybody has access to mm -hmm. now. So for this to be a little more simple, I think is completely acceptable. Yeah. I, I think he did a really good job with a repetitive song and kind of spicing it up in ways that didn't vary too much from the original melody. Back then, I mean, what we were seeing quite a bit of was a lot of remixes on OC Remix that 
were basically just the original songs, but like they tur- they would turn the reverb way up, right? And right. They would, Slightly better instrument sets. Yeah, like uh, they would um, mini you know, with better sound fonts. Literally, just the NES, you know, NSF file with like higher reverb and then like I don't know drums done in like uh, fruity loops. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. That, that was pretty much what we were dealing with at that point It's funny time. because that's I read an interview with Blind, and he said that's how he started. He sure. originally started taking regular NES music and just putting beats over it, yep. and then evolved from there. And I think a lot of remixers kind of did that, too. I, I even did that for a little bit, you know, here and there. Just as soon as I started using music editing software, I was like, let's take some video game music and put beats to it. I'm a remixer now. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah, it wasn't until probably, like, DJ Pretzel and... Protricity, Disco Dan, those were the guys that were like going like above and beyond. Yeah, and like yeah. I said, I'm super old school when it comes to VG remixes. Like I I started listening to this stuff probably around like 2000, 2001, uh, like right around the time when I was like first getting into college, like 2001. And so I would just spend hours and hours in my dorm room just downloading this stuff and blasting it. So <laughs> it was good times. These, these tracks... I haven't listened to a lot of these tracks since I was in college, so it really kind of brings me back to that time. Yeah, same, same with me. A lot of these songs I've been, I've been digging up I haven't listened to in years. Yeah. And uh, the next song that we're going to play is a great example of that. So this one is from Mega Man 2. It's the Bubble Man Soap and Water Mix, remixed by A.E., originally composed by Takeshi Tataishi.
right, that was the Bubble Man Soap and Water remix from AE from Mega Man 2, originally composed by Takeshi Titaishi on the NES. So AE, like, way back in the day, dropped off, like, five stupendous Mega Man 2 remixes mm-hmm. on OCR and then just disappeared. And I was like, do more stuff! Because he did, like, <laughs> he did Heat Man, Bubble Man, Metal Man, Quick Man, and Crash Man, I think, were the five that he did. And they were all just phenomenal. I mean, you, you heard this song. So mm-hmm. he, he takes these melodies and he makes them his own, but also stays true to the original, and his arrangements are just so, so good. Later on, I discovered that AE was actually Alex Esquivel, who is also known as A Rival. And so... After I found that out, I was super happy because then I went back and listened to all of A-Rival's stuff. You know, he did the music for the Street Fighter Cross X, Mega Man, Man. Mm-hmm. series or series or game that came out. Um, all the those fan games that Chip Capcom Tune. put out, right? Right. So he did kind of combinations of Street Fighter and Mega Man music, and he's done a lot of other stuff as well. So I was really happy to find out that he's still successful and still kind of making a name for himself in the remix world. There was an original version of this which came out. Uh, this is more like a retooled, redone version. Exactly. And I, I kind of feel like I like the original a little better. This one's a little too floaty for me. I don't know. Okay. It's It's not bad. It's just... It's not really my taste, I guess you could say. There's... Whereas I think the original was a little bit more like... It was... Not as experimental, and it stayed tr- truer to the original track. Well, this one, um, basically what he did was he he pumped up the bass a little bit on this one. He changed out one of the keyboard sounds with a little more of a house-style mm-hmm. keyboard. Yeah. And then that breakdown in the middle, or right, you know, like three-quarters of the way through, it was kind of like a breakbeat style when right. he originally released it. And this one came out in 2013, so dubstep was coming in. Sure. So it was more of a glitchy dubstep kind of a breakdown yep. before the ending. So I like them both. I don't know. I just, the original ones, because they were released so long ago, they're, they're not great quality music. And I feel like it would just degrade a lot when we finally put the podcast sure. together and everything. This one is like really, really good quality. The bass sounds nice and strong. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I'm kind of new to it too. So I kind of want it to grow on me a little bit. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I chose this movie. We can also put a link to the original in the show notes or the, uh, the Facebook group as well, so people can kind of listen to both and figure sure. out which one they like the most. So like I said, you know, um, AE's real name is Alex Esquivel. He's also known as Luke Esquivel, or Skill, or AE, which he released these songs under. Um, he's from Santa Rosa, California, and he's also on Gun Onion Records. So Blind and Nickel Punk and everybody are, are with him. So in inclusion to that Street Fighter X... Mega Man OST that we talked about. He did a whole bunch of remixes for Danny Baranowski's Crypt of the Necrodancer soundtrack. So you can unlock different versions of that soundtrack, like full versions of that soundtrack and alternate remixes by lots of different chiptune and composers uh, and stuff. So Hmm. he did basically uh, the entire Crypt of the Necrodancer album uh, remixed from Baranowski's original compositions. So he's pretty successful. He's doing a lot of good stuff. He's got some uh, production credits and Stuff like that as well, so. I think he just played it too many games, actually. Yeah? Yeah, I think he played the uh, final boss, like, post-dinner celebration. Awesome. Thingy. I'd I love think. to see him live. Great great track. Go check out the other tracks that he released under the name AE on uh, OC Remix, especially if you're fans of the original Mega Man 2 yes. soundtrack. You'll find a lot of good stuff to listen to. Agreed. All right, why don't we take to the skies? This one is Star Fox, and this is the track called Godspeed. And this is originally the Corneria theme, and it's covered by The Wingless, also known as John Burnett. And it's originally composed by Hajime Hirasawa.
Internal power to enable. Enabled. External power to disable. Disabled. Primary weapons to enable. Enabled. Secondary weapons to enable and prime. Primed. Astrogation systems to enable. Enabled. Life support to enable. Electric shields to enable and prime. Targeting systems to enable.
Alright, welcome back to Earth. That was Star Fox Godspeed. It was covered by The Wingless, also known as John Burnett. And it was originally composed by Hajime Hirasawa. And it's kind of like the Corneria theme mixed with the like main Star Fox introductory theme as well. Intro slash ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's good stuff. I mean, I really dig that pulsing bass more towards like when the track kind of kicks in. And, and then I, I also really, really like in the beginning when you've got those voices kind of like engaged, enabled, like, you know, mm. kind of talking about uh, all the little things. It makes you feel like it goes beyond a video game music track. It, it kind of makes you feel like you're in the game, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, mixed pretty well. I, yeah. You know, <laughs> that for the I love the Corneria theme. I think yes. it's probably the only track that I really enjoy from the Star Fox series. Mm -hmm. And well, I think one of the reasons I like it so much is because it kind of has like a traditional video game feel, but sure. then also has those like chuggy like bass guitar uh, samples like mm -hmm. da 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 da, mm -hmm. and they totally rip that out in this track. And I feel yeah. like I want to hear it so badly, mm -hmm. and it's not there. And I think it's kind of tainting oh, my opinion of it. Yeah, that, that rock feel. Yeah. And they kind of made it sound like if the original Corneria track were arranged in the same way that a lot of the symphonic stuff sure. in the space levels right. in the game would be. Mm -hmm. And that concept is cool. But I'm not a fan of those tracks and that style of music. So I do like the way it was produced. You know, it was it was really kind of like slows down in the middle and then goes mm -hmm. into that Corneria theme. I mean, it kind of slows down in the middle and kind of goes into that Star Fox theme. I, I really like the way he did that. And I mm -hmm. like the way he arranged the Star Fox theme. It flows theme. very well yeah. together. Like you wouldn't even know that those are two separate tracks that were merged yeah, together. Exactly. So. And I've heard heavier rock style remixes of the original Corneria sure. theme and I really enjoy those much more than I think I would have at least the beginning part of this so mm -hmm. this this is kind of like an unbalanced like the ending part not so much the beginning part kind of feel for me I, I like the whole piece in in total but I'm always reminded of the beginning and I always forget that there's that spacey kind of like out at sea kind of vibe that yeah. the track kind of flows into yeah. you've got those like it almost sounds like birds cawing A little bit. towards the end and it's I Falco almost, in the bathroom. Yeah, it's Falco in the bathroom. Hey, you know. <laughs> but in my head... I got a bird turd here. What are you doing? <laughs> in my head, I'm kind of like imagining this track taking place in-game. And uh, this track was actually used for a reimagined intro, like a high-definition reimagining of what the Star Fox intro for the first game would be if it was like a brand new game in I high remember def. That. Yes. And so that's on YouTube. We'll post a link to it on the Facebook group. But that track, it, it has all that stuff like enabled and they show you on the screen all the stuff getting checked off as far as, um, you know, what's happening with the ship getting ready. And then, you know, you get like this behind the R-Wing view of the four R-Wings taking off and then it just kicks into that dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Yes. Yep. And like, it just, it, it's so uplifting and it's it's a really well done like mix between like electronic elements and also like that more symphonic style that the Star Fox universe kind of, you know, has always stuck with uh, for the later games. So this kind of reimagines the track as if it was a brand new Star Fox game, like, you know, Star Fox for, you know, Switch or something. Yeah, like yeah, that, a, Star Fox, a Star Fox remake. Yes, exactly. So I, I think it's 
one of my one of my more favorite like Star Fox remixes. Mm -hmm. I, every time I think of a Star Fox remix, I think of this because this is the very first one that kind of caught my attention. I heard of, I have a bunch of others, and they're all like you know either like super hard rock or like super symphonic. So this yeah, kind yeah. of throws in those electronic elements, which surprisingly I know you're probably thinking you know why are you of all people excited by that? But I, I do like some of that music so I, I thought it was well done the wingless is uh, also known as john burnett and he's been doing tracks on the oc remix since 2002 he later on took on like an administration type role helping out with uh judging on tracks and like accepting tracks with uh the i guess the owner and proprietor founder. yeah the founder dj pretzel he's been remixing from approximately 2002 to 2006 and uh, his website's thewinglist.com if you guys want to go check him out. He's working on a soundtrack currently for a game that's coming out called Shard. And he was featured on the Super Metroid Reserve Tank variations for OC Remix for the uh, album, the arranged album. So good stuff. I think he's a very underrated uh, remixer on OC Remix. Not a lot of people mention him when they mention OC Remix. Yeah, yeah. Thought I'd throw his track in just to kind of celebrate it. Very cool. All right, what's next? All right, next up is The Attic's a Dungeon. This is from Mother 3. This is the 80s synth remix from My New Soundtrack, originally composed by Shogo Sakai.
The Attic's a Dungeon, the 80 synth remix by My New Soundtrack, based on the track originally composed by Shogo Sakai from the game Mother 3. I thought that was by AHA. Seriously, right? Take on me. Uh, <laughs> you know, I absolutely love the Mother 3 soundtrack, and the only reason I haven't played very many tracks from that game on the show is because... I don't know, so many of the tracks, because there's so much music in it, and right. because the game takes you from place to place so quickly, you never stay in one place for very long. All of the tracks are like, they're pretty short. Like, mm. they're less than 30 seconds for a loop. And on the whole, when you're listening to 200 of these pieces all together, the soundtrack on a whole is excellent. But individually, the songs don't seem to hold up as much. Especially like this song called The Addicts of Dungeon. The original track is more of like, it's kind of staccato. The bass is like this really super like bass solo-y concoction of madness. I know you, I played it for you, Mike, right? You got that kind of impression. Oh yeah. That it was like just bass solos and weird notes kind of stuck together. And then- I love the Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then so my new soundtrack, the remixer takes the song and kind of fleshes it out into this full, huge melody, and yeah. it starts off very true to the song, but then he kind of takes it in different places, keeps the chord progression sound, but adds in lots of cool parts that I think would have been, they would have fit right at home in the game itself. You know, it didn't didn't diverge too far from, from where the original song's idea came from. He used this fantastic set of 80s synth sounds, some great percussion with those little drum fills that go from the, the right to the left speaker. He stayed mm -hmm. very true to like 80s music right, um, right so what was your opinion on this one? Oh, i liked it i liked it a lot um i'm uh, kind of a sucker for any anything like 80 synth wave yeah. type stuff it's, <laughs> it's all so good so i was really digging the main melody and then they kind of threw in like a like a octave change in there like a harmonized octave change which really kind of like made me you know definitely appreciate the song even more and, you know, uh, after listening to the original track, which I had never heard, uh, so we listened to that first, and then, you know, playing it back to back, I like the original quite a bit, but this song just sounds, as you said, more uh, more fleshed out. There's a lot more going on behind it. A little bit richer. It. Yeah. You know, the Game Boy Advance hardware just sucked in terms of yeah. sound, mm -hmm. so... You know, Shogo Sakai did the best he could with that soundtrack and, and made it sound really good, but it still sounds a little anemic at times because, yeah. you know, you just have those those no bad bass tones and lots of noisy fuzz that all of the sound kind of gets filtered through, so. I mean, it makes sense as to why Mother 3 came out on the Game Boy Advance because you figure if you're transitioning from, uh, you know, the NES Earthbound, like Mother Zero mm -hmm. or whatever it's called. Earthbound Beginnings. Earthbound Beginnings. I think it's called Mother Zero, though. Or it was Earthbound just called Zero. Mother. No. Earthbound Zero. Well, Earthbound Zero was the fan translation. Right, okay. And then when Nintendo officially released the same game, they right. called it Earthbound Beginnings, Beginnings on that's the VC. Right. Yep, yep, yep. And so, you know, moving from that to the Super NES version of Earthbound and then moving... You know, originally they were going to release something on the 64DD, which was going to be Mother 3, but right. it never happened. Yeah. So they released it on the Game Boy Advance. And, you know, uh, back in the day, they were trying to, a lot of companies were trying to make Super NES style games on the Game Boy Advance. So it's it's a nice transition. And I always thought that, uh, you know, it kind of fits. I can't imagine what a 3D Mother game would look like or Earthbound game would yeah, look like. Yeah, I think on the 64, it just would have lost a lot of what the Game Boy Advance mm -hmm. was able to bring. Yeah, to a the lot story. of charm yeah. would probably go by the wayside. And the soundtrack, I don't it wouldn't have been as good. Uh, I think even though the Game Boy Advance soundtrack or the Game Boy Advance sound hardware isn't great, 
because it has its own separate sound hardware. You can mm -hmm. fit tons of music, you can fit tons of different sounds. And the N64, because it has to use the same processor, they wouldn't have been able to do as much with it. It would have went two different ways. It would have either been fewer tracks, but longer tracks. Maybe, yeah. Or like less tracks, but they would still be short. You know, like 30 second to a minute right, loops. Right, 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 right. So, it wouldn't be a six hour long soundtrack. No, like it is now. definitely not. No. But, uh, you know, I think they could have gotten away with it, you know, and especially on the 64DD. I mean, that was a disk drive based game. So I, I yeah, believe yeah. that. I, the, don't, I don't remember them saying DD. You might be right, but I, I think it was just going to be a regular cartridge. I thought it was going to be the 64DD, huh. but I might be wrong about that. Okay. I don't Either know. Way. Yeah, either way, it was going to be on the N64. Yeah. So, I, you know, I found this remix completely by accident. Most of these songs that I've picked are songs that I've been listening to since the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I was like, I wanted to play something from Mother 3. I kind of was looking through some Mother 3 remixes because I know there's a huge remix community out there that are fans of this game. And uh, this was literally the first track that I came across on YouTube when I just looked up Mother 3 remix. Mm -hmm. And I just totally fell in love with it right off the bat. I I'd never heard of my new soundtrack before, so I did a little research on him. Uh, his real name is Luis Ciez Garrido, and he's from Santiago, Chile, and he remixes uh, for fun. He's basically, uh, he's studying computer sciences full time, but you know, at night when he's just bored, he just comes up with sure. cool tracks and posts them on YouTube. Um, he's got a band camp and a SoundCloud. Um, he's got tons and tons of music. He's one of those guys that just kind of like Always writing music. Always writing music. Always putting new stuff out. He's the Motoy Sakuraba of VGM yeah, remixes. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> and and he'll do like different remixes of like he'll do like a remix of an NES track but done in an FM style, or he'll do a Super NES track done in a Genesis style. He likes to kind of hmm. mix and match different sound sets and not necessarily make a complete conversion like you might hear on on YouTube a lot. But he'll, he'll do a remix like this and add his own a unique touch to it. So all of his music that I've heard has a really upbeat, fun feel. It's really good, feel good, happy, uh, like summer and springtime music. So definitely go check out my new soundtrack. I'll put some links, of course, in the show notes for everyone to check them out. Sounds good. Yes. All right, let's get crunchy. This is Metroid, Ridley's theme, and this is covered by Metroid Metal. This is off of their Various Sweet album, and it's originally composed by Hirokazu Hip Tanaka.
right, welcome back. That was Metroid Ridley's theme, and that was covered by Metroid Metal on their Various Sweet album. And that was originally composed by Hirokazu Hip Tanaka. Kind of schizophrenic. It is awesome. It just <laughs> bleeds epic and awesome. Uh, it really enunciates that that like harmonized like guitar noodling that's going on in. Uh, Ridley's theme. Yeah, and and you know, I could never envision this track in any other way, shape, or form, other than the original and this. That's it. <laughs> so Metroid Metal, they take a lot of influence from lots of different metal bands. Meshuga is definitely one of them. This is very, very similar to a lot of the stuff that like early Meshuga, like they're more like thrashy type. Yeah, stuff. no standard time signature. Right, just exactly. Yeah, just all over the place. So, Metroid Metal started off as an inspired group, it's like a one-man solo group project, and it was by Mr. Grant Henry, he's also known as Stemmage, and he's put out his own albums under the Stemmage name. Uh, he was inspired by Vomitron and the mini-bosses, and, you know, he kind of had this goal, uh, which was, you know, pretty, pretty awesome to, like, go to the website, I did believe it's uh, metroidmetal.com, and I would go like frequently after hearing I think either this track or the opening I think it was the opening like uh, title screen mm. theme from Metroid and he had a goal to release a metallic version of the original NES Metroid soundtrack like literally every single song even like the item pickup he did a metalized version of that too which is really cool so, you know, he got a lot of positive response from people like me, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it was cool because I, I never looked at this project in in terms of, like, a, you know, back then sort of thing. That's what's really cool about a lot of this VG Remix stuff that we're talking about today is it's all music that we heard not necessarily growing up, but we kind of heard as it was becoming a thing. And so it's not, a lot of the times we're looking back on it like, oh, I remember, you know, around the time when this game came out, but now we're talking about, oh, I was there when this track was getting posted, yeah. and I was like, you know, the person that was like leaving positive comments like, this is awesome, like, do more like this. So that, that was... And now it's like one of the classics in the, in yeah, the remix community. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, after they got a lot of positive response, Stemage brought on bassist Dan Taylor, a.k.a. Chunk Style, and the two of them collaborated with a bunch of different stuff regarding like Metroid. Basically anything after the original like Metroid game that he did. So once he finished that, that project was done. Mm-hmm. Fans were like, dude, you gotta keep going. Like keep keep it <laughs> Pick going. Something else to do. Yeah, yeah. So we started doing tracks from like Super Metroid. I think they did like Meridia or whatever, and, and that I believe was Chunk Style's first track. Cool, cool. They did an Act Razor medley called like Teddy's Bread. Did they ever do Surface of SR388 for Metroid 2? They might have. Yeah, that would be really cool to hear. I think they might have done that, yeah. So later on, the duo brought in a co collaborator on a previous project, drummer Kevin Lawrence, and then guitarist Dan Behrens, who some of you more may know him by his name, Danimal, uh, from Arm Cannon. Danimal Cannon. Yeah, Danimal Cannon, exactly. Uh, that's his solo project. And also Michael Molner, who also goes by Kirby. And so all of them kind of came together to form Metroid Metal The Band. So this one-man solo project turned into this like huge you know, collaboration Very with cool. all these artists. And, you know, they've been to MAGFest. They've toured, like, you know, a bunch of different uh, locations and places. They're, you know, 
very well known and rightly so. I think they're actually going to be putting out more music after Samus Returns comes out um, because they're. I saw some blog post something about like, hey, you know, sorry, we kind of been inactive. Hmm. They have other projects going on. I think they have a Katamari Damacy theme. Oh yeah, I mean, all of their stuff. Thing. Are, yeah, all all of their members are all doing their so full projects of their own. Yes, so I can exactly. imagine that getting together to do this would not be easy all the time. Right. So I know Grant is a huge, huge Metroid fan. I actually interviewed him when Video Games Live came to town here, local in uh, New Haven. Oh, okay. And I was interning at the New Haven Advocate at the time. And uh, it was my very first cover story, actually, was uh, Video Games Live. They, they did, like, a full, like, cover story thing cool. on it. It was really cool. So I was like, who am I going to interview? So I interviewed, actually, Tommy Tallarico and also Grant Henry. So it's pretty cool. Very neat. Yeah. So let's move on. Now, this is weird. You're picking a track that I would probably pick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love this track. This yes. is Vampire Snap 2, Vampire Killer. Uh, from Castlevania 2, remixed by Joshua Morse off of his EP called Vlad. Originally composed by Kenichi Matsubara, Satoe Tarashima, and Kaoji Maruta.
And we're back, that was Vampire Snap 2, a remix track from Vampire Killer, remixed by Joshua Morse. Of course, the original was composed by Kenichi Matsubara, Satoe Terashima, and Kaoji Murata. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. Uh, yeah, no, uh, this is off of the EP called Vlad. Uh, he also followed it up with a sequel called Vlad 2. Uh, both are, I think, you know, four or five tracks apiece. And it was really hard for me to choose just one oh, of yeah. those collections of mm-hmm. both both Vlad EPs. Um, I, I love this remix. I love how he just takes that original melody and changes it up and adds like little elements of like jazz and little elements of dubstep and some rock and, and how it gets really, really aggressive at the end just before it fades out. Mm-hmm. Production quality on this track is just absurd. Yeah, he's it's done so much so, good stuff with it. So clean and crisp sounding. It's it's really very well done. Uh, Joshua Morse has done so much good stuff yeah, too. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I've disliked a single track that I've ever heard of his. No, I mean he just picks stuff and he picks titles that are fantastic tunes to begin with, and, mm-hmm. and then he just makes them better like you know his original stuff too is fantastic oh yeah yeah yeah. uh and and again like he he has a jazz background and he's got Mm -hmm. music theory background so but he's also got that aesthetic that he likes you know being a producer of modern dance and electronic music Mm -hmm. too so he combines the two into ways that most people wouldn't even think about so you know taking like techno stuff where it's just you know beats and 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 you don't really see like a lot of music theory go into like modern dance and techno music mm. but when you combine the two you get some really awesome results so uh yeah it's just just good stuff he's worth checking out he is from nashville tennessee uh he's an uh, experienced software engineer as well so he makes his living off of developing software with open source technologies uh, i've heard that he's helped Help develop some sound engines for some indie games and stuff as well. So you know he's he's kind of one of those guys that we always talk about, like like uh, Chris Holzbecker or uh, Rob Hubbard or Yuzo Koshiro, where they are programmers as well as you know musicians and, right. and and composers in their own right. So they they know how the software works as well as how to compose music on it, which makes them be able to take advantage of all of the aspects of it. Mm. In addition to the large number of his albums available on Bandcamp, he's written a few game soundtracks for. Uh, a Wizard's Lizard, Lava Blade, Lunchbug, Onslaught, and Reed's Mind. And he's also done, you know, like like you said, original tracks as well as remixes of stuff from like Castlevania, Mega Man, uh, Zelda, mm-hmm. you know, all the all the kind of like big franchises he's put his own kind of Definitely. spin on. Definitely worth checking out. You know, we'll put we'll put links to his stuff in our notes. The only criticism that I could give this track is I feel like that end part is it's a bit repetitive to the point where it keeps going and it doesn't change enough to oh, like, see I it, like that part oh really where it's like very staccato I like yeah. it I do like it but I feel like it goes on for maybe like I don't know two extra measure, measures more okay. than it should fair enough but uh, yeah overall that's really, small criticism so oh, it's not oh, that big totally <laughs> it's like I don't know it's the only you know critique that I right can right. Give if it. you have to nitpick, then that means sure. that it's really good to be exactly with. exactly. So no, great stuff. Awesome. So let's move on to a track that you pretty much can't find anywhere. Uh, this is a track that was originally on VG Mix. Can't even find it on this podcast. Yeah. Four minutes of silence. Four minutes of silence. <laughs> this is from Final Fantasy VII. The track is called Antitrust, and it's covered by Substan. The track originally is called Shinra Company, composed by Nobuo Uematsu.
Welcome back. That grindy mess was Final Fantasy VII Antitrust. It was covered by Substan, and originally it was Shinra Company, composed by Nobuo Uematsu. I don't know, I'm, I'm curious, what, what did you think of this one? I thought it was cool. I thought it reminded me a lot of, uh, like, the Year Zero album from Nine Inch Nails. A okay. lot of the stuff on there is very uh, glitchy, grindy beats with, you know, softer melodies in the background, kind of similar to this one. Mm -hmm. I'm familiar with the source material, not as much as m most people into Final Fantasy are, I guess, mm -hmm. but I did recognize the original song in there, sure. like, sitting in the background. I thought that the, the percussion really took a front seat Oh, definitely. In this particular track. And, I, you know, I thought it was cool. I mean, I really like this kind of music, so mm -hmm. I had a good time listening to it. I felt like it would have been, if this track had been in the game in place of the original song, it would have given Shinra a much more sinister right. kind of... Uh, it would have given the game away, so to speak, and the plot much quicker than mm -hmm. it did in the... In, in, in Final Fantasy VII. You yeah. would have known they were up to no good. No, I agree. To begin with. Yeah, this track is just phenomenal. This is one of my favorite video game mu music remixes pretty much of all time. I love those just like thick, just stomping bass kicks. Like yeah, boom, yeah. boom, boom. And, uh, you know, then you've got those like twitchy kind of glitchy sounds that kind of come in, fade in, fade out. And as the track is going on, you've got these awesome, like, symphonic sweeping melodies that, that come in and come out. It's just fantastic. It's really good stuff. And then at the end, is just such a, like, wave of... It's like a crescendo wave of just techno-organic, like, messiness. It's just... Oh, it's brilliant. It's really... <laughs> for me to like a track like this is very rare... But I do really dig this. It's, yeah, it's yeah. right up right up my alley. Tracks like this usually take me a couple of listens to really start to appreciate fully because there's so much complexity in, mm -hmm. in the in the drums and like you know, you don't always hear that the first time you listen to it. It just right. sounds like unorganized noise, but the when you start listening to it more and more, you start to see those patterns, mm -hmm. and I really like doing that. So, you know, as I'm putting the show together before we release the podcast, I'm sure by the time the podcast is out mm -hmm. in like a week and a half. I'm going to be like, yes, this is one of my favorite of all time. I'm sure that's going to happen or, or, yeah, you know, yeah. at some point. So very, very cool. So you don't really know much about this. No, remixer, right? I couldn't find really anything on Substan. It's it's S-U-B-S-T-N with an uppercase N. So I did a I searched around the net and I couldn't, couldn't find, find anything. anything yeah, it's weird. He did a bunch of tracks on VG Mix back when that was out in its heyday. But uh uh, the track is no longer available on even the archives that VG Mix has up yeah. right now. There were so. a couple tracks from him on YouTube, not posted by yep. him, but people that have just dug up his stuff and posted it on the web. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I may, I may po post this on like YouTube just to maybe yeah, I'll just if it's create not there. A, then definitely it just to create a, a temporary account just to throw this up there because I, I feel like this is one of those tracks that I couldn't have possibly been the only person that heard this track yeah, yeah. that was blown away by it that like downloaded it immediately and then kind of like let it sit kind of grumbling in their uh, <laughs> in, in their uh, video game music f folder and then all of a sudden just as soon as we started talking about doing this episode, I was like, I have to include this track. Yeah. So I had to sift through all my music and dig dig up the track and find it, and I was very happy that I did. So I'm glad that I could share it with everybody. Very cool, very cool. So what do you got for our closing number? Our closing number you've either heard before and you're not going to mind hearing again, or you've never heard it before, which means that you need to hear it. Yes. Uh, this one's called Little Max Confession from the game 
Mike Tyson's punch out covered by Game Over.
All right, we're back. That was Little Max Confession from the game Punch Out, covered by Game Over, and that kind of makes me sad. He just couldn't do it, man. Just couldn't do it, he man. He couldn't do it. He let Doc down. Why did you have to do it? This, uh, this is like one of my all-time... I think this must have been one of my first uh, video game remix slash cover songs that I've ever heard. I think it was probably Mini-Boss's first, because they were, I think, one of the first ever. Right. Uh, and then shortly after, I heard my brother sent me this. Uh, at some point, and I was like, this is really awesome. Because it not only, you know, it was a great cover musically of the Punch-Out song, but also kind of told the story of the game, or at least a version of the yeah. game where, you know, Little Mac isn't, isn't able to, to, to win the championship. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, great lyrics. Uh, they use the sound effects of the game in a way that makes sense in the music with a little, like, woo-woo-woo guitar slides. Right, right. Uh, the bell kind of counting in the song. Mm -hmm. uh, it all just works it's, so well. It's perfect. It just, everything fits in place where it should, too. This is, like, one of, if I could say, it's a very iconic and very, like, perfect video oh, game yeah. remix. You know, it, it, it is exactly what it needs to be, and it does it so, so well. Exactly. So. Great stuff. Yeah. No, I dig it. You know, this one I heard, again, just like you, very similar to, uh, you know, back in the day. This one I remember hearing, like, long after, though, I started listening to VGM remixes. Like, I remember probably the first one that I talked about on last podcast was Protricity. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Disco Dan, all those types, you know, DJ Pretzel. And... It wasn't until maybe a year into discovering this music that this came out. This song came out, mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, cool. And so I checked it out. And, you know, this reminds me, looking back on it, it reminds me of, uh, it's probably very influential for Starbomb, uh, that group that's uh, comprised of, like, the Game Grumps guys and uh, oh, yeah, Ninja yeah, yeah. Sex Party guys. Yep. So, you know, very similar to that in terms of tone and style. And, uh, you know, they, they clearly had fun with this track working on it. So uh, tell me a little bit about these guys. Well, Game Over was originally formed by Elizabeth Pesavanis uh, in Sweden. So she's a guitarist. Okay. And she basically gathered people from all over the world. So uh, I'm not sure whether it was necessarily the uh, OC Remix forums or just game music forums in general. Sure. Uh, but uh, I think there was uh, one member from Germany, one from Sweden, one from uh, Arizona and the USA. I don't remember where the other one was from. Basically, but they, they would all kind of uh, remotely collaborate in, okay. in making these tracks, which, you know, the, this is a very tight song. It yeah. sounds like it was all recorded in a studio. Oh, I agree. Take. Yeah. Um, so I guess not, though, but they, you know, they patched it all together. There's been a couple different lineups, I think, since this original uh, song was recorded, but originally it was Elizabeth, it was uh, Dustin Schomer, Marcus Carlin, and a man known just as Martin. But they, uh, you know, they all came together to make this really excellent track. They've got a few other remixes on OC Remix, including uh, songs from Zelda, Mega Man, Castlevania. Again, like a lot of these remixers start off doing all of this uh, very popular stuff, mm -hmm. and then they kind of usually end up doing some more obscure stuff as they they get more well known. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I, I haven't heard any of their other stuff. Yeah, it's not as good. Like this is the most iconic. Sure. The other ones are still in the same style, but I, I just think this one really kind of brings you into the game much more than the other ones mm -hmm. do. Uh, you could still find them over at NintendoMetal.com, though they haven't been active in quite a while. Mm -hmm. uh, if you go over to the Nintendo Metal. Facebook page, Elizabeth still posts there every once in a while. She went to the last MAGFest, and uh, she's known as Wire, so she does 
uh, original stuff, just uh, like guitars with program drums and stuff okay. under the name Wire, so you can check her out under that. Cool. Uh, she's a really good guitarist. You know, this was 2002 that came out, and yeah. you know, she was squealing to me in a way back then. So, you know, her guitar work's been been pretty good. Yeah, there weren't a lot of women back then for you know in the BGM in the scene community? either. No. So that's it's really cool to see you know people of all different types you know show up and you know rock out and produce some really awesome content that's Absolutely. really cool. remixing yeah. is for everybody agreed so that pretty much does it for our selections today yeah no we had fun putting this together and it was a super easy episode to, <laughs> yeah. to get you guys <laughs> and if you guys enjoyed it uh let us know you know maybe we'll do some more remix episodes somewhere in the future yeah uh, we'd like to know which songs you heard which songs were you familiar with already which ones you want to check out you know more from those artists you can hit us up on all of our social media accounts uh at pixel tunes radio on twitter uh, facebook.com slash groups slash pixel tunes radio on facebook you can check us out on youtube youtube.com forward slash dongold and that's where you can check out pixel tunes radio pixel tunes plays mike tendell plays dude you haven't played this game all the whole shebang that i do on that channel so that's more of a way to uh, watch the Pixel Tunes Radio episodes if you can't check them out on like a podcatcher or anything like that. But we are on like Stitcher, iTunes. Leave us a review if you like what you hear. Let us know. Or if you didn't like what you hear, let us know. Tell exactly. Us, tell us what you think of the podcast. Yes. And you can also uh, just basically go to any RSS feed podcatcher uh, and our show should should be there. If you're looking for our show in a podcast area and you can't find us, let us know. Email us at pixeltunesradio at gmail.com and we can get our show posted on there so you can get it on your feed of choice. Also want to give a quick shout out to Pixel Stories. Uh, They're a uh, podcast that a couple friends of ours do. Uh, One of the members is our good friend Brian who is... um, who is, has been on a few episodes of Pixel Tunes Radio. He's been on Dude, You Haven't Played This Game. And he is doing a podcast called Pixel Stories. Uh, they recently had myself and my wife, Patty, on their episode, I think it was episode 9, Phoenix Wright. So you can check them out at pixelstories.net uh, forward slash podcast. That's the best way to get directly to the podcast itself to listen in. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll... we'll you know, be featured on there again at some point. Maybe Ed and I can jump on, maybe do some. I think we talked to them uh, about doing like some Castlevania, some Dynasty Warriors, all sorts of wacky yeah, stuff. That'd so, be a lot of fun. Yeah, that'd be cool. So check check that out. Awesome. And check out my other project, Impulse Project at impulseproject.info. Uh, now we've just released our giant um, 20th anniversary episode for the Evoke Demo Party, uh, officially sponsored by the party itself. So uh, that's a like I said a last episode a full length podcast it's about an hour and forty minutes that's or cool. so but uh, yeah lots of we did all the first place winners from the last uh, twenty years worth of Evoke so you're gonna hear some excellent chip tunes and uh, Amiga style tracks in that episode so be sure to check that one out super cool all right so next episode is the long awaited Tim Fallen part two this will be uh, so. We're doing. It's funny. Ended up being episode uh, sixty nine was the original Tim yeah. Fallon episode, and now volume two is going to be ninety six. So it's like yin and yang. Ninety six, dude. Right on. Uh, and this will be Tim Fallon selections uh, that will be NES years 
on up to his eventual uh, retirement from video game music. Mm-hmm. So might be a lot more familiar tracks from him in this coming episode than you were in the, back in episode 69, but hopefully you'll learn a little, about a, a little bit about his later career as well. So we're looking forward to bringing that one to you. Absolutely. All right, well, that's going to do it for our show. Again, thanks so much for listening to episode 95 of Pixel Tunes Radio, and we will see you on the flip side. Peace out, guys.